Thank you, Eric. And I guess this is the time, seniors. You can come on up. It's okay. They won't bite by just looking at you. We have a terrific group of seniors this morning that we would love to celebrate. And so I feel like you might know some of them, but I would like to give you the chance to get to know them a little bit. We okay? All right. I'm going to steal this mic right here. So I, I haven't even prepped them too much. So you're going to get off-the-cuff responses, but we're going to start with an easy one. Just go along and just tell us your name and your favorite flavor at Lickety. An easy one, right? The, the, the easiest, you know, how many flavors are there? Haley, can, can I have you go first? Just pass it on down. With or without sprinkles? Just chocolate. Just chocolate, okay. All right. Okay, I'm Gabe Hartwig, and I like orange sherbet. Oh. I am Haley Elmhorst, and I like peanut butter rebels. And she works there, so she gets it whenever she wants, basically. So that's the way to do it. But um, it, it's really exciting to have this group of seniors up here. But I, I feel like, I don't know, today is just one of those bittersweet days where we have to say goodbye, but yet we're still... Like, it's exciting, because they get to go out um, and be Christ, what we've trained them to be. And so we're excited to give them that opportunity. We're excited to be behind them in all of this. But I want you to know specifically what their plans are for after school so that we can be in prayer for them and supporting them. Um, I know that we do a college care ministry, and so um, we'll, I'm sure we'll be sending care packages, and you guys can take um, take part in that as well. But... So if you just tell briefly what your plans are after school, if you're going to college, what your plans are, um, if, if you're major or if you're that, that major that, I mean, is the most popular of undecided, that, that major gets all the credit. So uh, I'll be attending the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire and majoring in elementary education to become an elementary teacher. I will be attending UW Scout and I am undecided. <laughs> Um, I'll be attending North Central University in Minneapolis, so I'll be like in the dead center, right next to the Viking Stadium, and I know how everybody feels. About <laughs> that, so. I feel great about it, Gabe. Yeah, I, I feel great. There, I'll be doing majoring in accounting and finance. Great. And I'm going to be staying locally here in the Charmander area, and I'm just going to be working and attending Student High Week here at church. Yeah, we're excited. Haley's going to be giving back a little bit right away. So um, just, I won't keep you up here too much longer, guys, but I just want to take a minute and just brag on you a little bit um, because I've had um, some time to get to know you. And so I guess we, we, we'll, we'll give you the break. We'll start down at the other end. You know, Haley is um, just the very definition of growth. It's been exciting to see just the transformation that's taken place. Um, since I've been here, and I'm not taking credit for that at all. It's just been cool to see um, her flourish in her relationship with God, and that's just been exciting. Gabe. Oh, Gabe. 
I love this guy. He, he's crazy. But, but you know what was one of the coolest things is I, I go down to Wausau to meet with area youth pastors. And a lot of them are involved in the sports. And I can remember, um, uh, you know, that we, we just get together a little bit and start talking with the youth pastors and stuff. And one's like, you know, we just played a soccer game uh, it, over by where you are, Andrew. And, and actually the goalie for them was just, you know what, there's just something different. I mean, he just had a great attitude about the whole game. And I don't know. He's a great defender. I mean, I'm voting for him for Defensive Player of the Year and everything. But there's just something different. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, 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 there is something different. And so it was just cool that somebody who was totally not from here, totally um, separate from even the school system, could pick up that there's something different about Gabe. And that's very true. And I'm excited for him as he goes off um, to Minneapolis. Anya, I mean, you can't. I'm sure many of us have, and Kylie, both of them have been on stage at Three Lakes, and you've gotten to enjoy many of um, their talents. Um, and it's just going to be cool to see how God uses those talents that he's instilled in them in incredible ways. You know what they, they are, I'm learning? Basically sisters, though. They do everything exactly the same. I even found out they're the co-valedictorians for the year. So, yeah, yeah. It's really exciting, really exciting. And then um, Haley, um, Haley Fletcher is an incredible dancer. And I think that really is just her heart. And so I know that there are um, young girls in the audience here today that um, look up to Haley and actually got to do a show with her. Um, And I think that's just so cool. And it speaks to her heart as she's going into elementary education um, and just she's going to do great. I have no doubt, and I'm excited to see what God does with that. Um, and then we are missing one senior who is regrettably not able to be here, Ben Metzger. Ben Metzger, I don't know what flavor ice cream should we, probably Blue Moon or something like that, you know. You know, But Ben um, is actually going to be going to uh, Michigan Tech, and he's going to be majoring in computer networking. I, I just, I'm just thankful for them, but he, just another incredible man of God, who is just um, going to do just incredible things. And I know he, would, he says that he's sorry he couldn't be here today, but he, he does covet your prayers and support. Um, so, yeah, our class of 2015. You can go out of that And I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge, yes, we're celebrating specifically the high school graduates today, but we have other graduates in our midst today, and one would be Ryan Kearns over there. I didn't tell him either. I just off the cuff a little bit today. Ryan Kearns just graduated uh, from Wheaton Academy, or Wheaton Bible. Um, I'm used to saying Wheaton Academy. No, you're not a high schooler. Uh, <laughs> Wheaton College, and, um, and so we're glad to have You'll be living in Wausau, Correct. After he finished his scooping a little bit for his for his mom, but um, yeah, we're I just want to take time and acknowledge that. And then Shane and Hannah Seaton, there you are. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hannah's getting closer to that. Like, oh uh, no, they've graduated their program at Honey Rock and are uh, moving to Arkansas relatively quickly. I mean, I think after the summer, right? So um, they have an awesome opportunity there, but I just want to take a minute and just congratulate them as well. Um, what, what an accomplishment for both of those, and as well as our high schoolers. As I said, I absolutely hate this week. 
as I, I hate having to say the goodbyes to our, our seniors, and um, it's just not fun. You know, you pour in and you invest and you get to know them. And so, uh, yeah, this is not an easy message to give, but it's, I wanted to accomplish two goals with it. One, I wanted our seniors to just feel incredibly loved and cared about and supported by us as a church family. We're going to have an opportunity to do that um, after the service. I'll tell you about that. But that's one very key thing I wanted to do. And the second is, I just would love to give a piece of biblical wisdom, not Andrew's wisdom, we know that's crazy, but biblical wisdom that they can take and carry with them into the next phase of life. That's truly what I want to do with this message. And so um, I was thinking, what is that piece of wisdom that would just be beneficial? And I felt like, well, what was it like for me as a senior? Among other things, uh, I, decisions. Making really hard decisions, for some, really for the first time, popped into my mind. That these decisions that they're having to make are, are truly life-changing. Sa- life and I, I'm sorry to put pressure on you guys, and we're going to talk about that. Don't worry. But um, just the reality is you're making hard choices. And so if choices reflect us so much, they reflect our character, our values, um, even our country recognizes choices and decisions as, as signs of maturity. If you're able to make a decision for what you're going to do after high school, you receive a certain level of maturity. If you choose a spouse and get married, you achieve a certain level of maturity, so to speak. Or, or when you start a family or have a career or um, choose to be retired, when you make these big, um, so to speak, um, decisions, it's interesting how our culture just really pours on uh, maturity and responsibility to those people, and rightfully so. And so I want to look at how we make godly, biblical decisions. It's an important thing because, like I said, the decisions reflect our character, our values, and with it, people see who we are. And it's interesting, I I found out this week, we make actually 35,000 decisions every day. Now, granted, most of those, I was thinking of that, I was like, there's no way, at least not for me, I don't make that many, but most of those are subconscious, for sure. You know, the, the, the moving of my fingers and, and, and picking things up, it, it all happens subconsciously, but then you have those small decisions that really, I don't know, don't really have much bearing on your life, but that are still decisions you're making, like your favorite flavor at Lickety. How many of you have already been? Be honest. How many of you have already been twice? <laughs> Um, but you see, there um, there are those smaller decisions. But then there are these large decisions, these large um, decisions that we need to know how to make and make in a godly manner. And our seniors are doing that right now. And I don't want to take away from our seniors in, in the slightest. Um, but I feel like this message is also very relevant for all of us in this room. Because it's not like you guys, are, once you make your decision to go to college, that these decisions are done. Decisions, do we put our kids in public school or do we homeschool them? That clunker that we've had for so many years and are now looking to put our fourth transmission in it, is it worth putting the transmission in or is it time to buy the new one? You know, these decisions, they, they never go away. These hard decisions, um, they, they're, they're never done. And so I think that this is just as applicable for us today as it is for our seniors. And so with that in mind, um, we want to please God with them. And so turn to Colossians. We're going to turn to the book of Colossians and see 
what Paul has to say about this. Here's a little trick for you if you're uh, trying to find Colossians. It's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Here's how I remember it. General Electric Power Company. Don't ask me why I, I remember that. Maybe that's why you go to Bible school to learn those little things. But if you find any of them, you'll find the C. You'll find Colossians. And we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. I'll just read, starting in verse 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Did you catch it? Did you catch it in that passage? As I said, we desire to please God with our decisions. It, it tells us exactly how to do that. It says, um, it says there in the end of verse 9, we continually give, uh, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. It says right there, our goal, we want to please God in what we do, but it points directly back to the previous part of knowledge of his will. Having knowledge of his will. I've always kind of felt, ever since Sunday school, when I first started learning about the so-called will of God, um, I always struggled with that. I felt like, you know, you, you, what it is is basically like God has a plan for your life, and we go along, and we have to try to decipher what that plan is, and if you don't decipher it well, then you're going to get eaten by a whale like Jonah. You know, like that's, that's the story that I, I equated with this. And I feel as though as seniors... This becomes extra applicable because we believe that, that God has a plan for us. And I, I certainly do as well. I know that he knows. He's omniscient. He knows the decisions I'm going to make. But I don't believe that it's a series of points on a map where you have to hit perfect. You have to go to this school. You have to date this girl. You have to have this career, own this home, and so on and so forth. I feel like that does anything but give us the freedom that comes with Christ. I think that puts an incredible amount of pressure on us, and I feel like as though, as I was a senior, I felt like at any moment I was going to be eaten by a whale because how impossible is it for me to decipher this because honestly there's no passage in here as I read that says, Andrew, you need to go to Moody Bible Institute, marry Ashland, move to Three Lakes, yada, yada, yada. There, there, I don't see that verse. But yet I see very clearly here we need to have the knowledge of God's will in order to please him. And so I think we need to look at this a little bit clear with a different perspective in order to fully understand what this means so that we can please the Lord with our decisions. I think a better way of looking at this is it has to be God's will is more, much more like a circle. Because God is our Father. 
And a father who acts in that point manner where it's always like, you, well, you, son, you're going to play left field. You're going to love baseball. You're going to play left field. And you're also going to bat 500. And then, oh, by the way, here, here's your new girlfriend. And, um, you know, it go, keeps going on and, and makes all these points for you and tells you how you're going to live your life. That's borderline abusive today. That doesn't give creativity or freedom. A much more loving father is much more like, here are the boundaries. Here are guidelines for how you live your life. But you enjoy the creativity and the freedom of being who you are and how um, I have wired you in this area. And so I think that applies much more um, to how God operates. And his will is that, yes, there are distinct Boundaries that we stay within, and we're going to talk about four different um, parameters for discerning God's will, but we get, he's created us with incredible talents. Like I said, I listed several of the talents that our seniors have. There's no lacking in talent and ability and personality and who they are, and he wants to give them the freedom. And when you can live in that, when you can make choices in here, there comes a lot more peace. You can have confidence in making a decision like, what college am I going to? Because you can have assurance of, ah, oh, I know I'm in God's will, and I know I am pleasing him. I, and there's a whole lot more peace at that, making decisions in that way than it is trying to figure out a dot on a line. And so, while I'll, I'll, I'll give one asterisk real fast. While I do believe that God does give people specific tasks at times, I don't think in Scripture that person ever was wondering, is God really calling me to do this? I think God always made it clear. I don't think Moses looked at the burning bush and was like, hmm, wonder what I'm supposed to do. You know, I, I just don't see that. I think that it's always been clear, and I don't think my God changes. I don't, I don't see him ever changing. And so while I think we might have specific things that God has called us to, I don't think he's going to let you miss it. And so as long as we operate within his will, we can have peace with that. And so let's look at Colossians. And let's get these parameters of God's will that we can um, follow and be within and be in order to make good, godly decisions. And the first is found right here. It says at the end of verse 10, um, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. I, I just simply, I like keeping it simple. You know, keep it simple, stupid, and I'm stupid, so I keep it simple. So, do good. Do good. That's, that's my, my phrase for that. It says, bear fruit. You know, that's something that we've talked about a lot as a youth group. We talk about bearing fruit and what that is. And it comes from John 15 as Jesus is talking to his disciples about, hey, be, be connected to me, the vine. You're the branches. And as a result of being connected to the vine, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to have um, results that just beam out of you because of what you're connected to. All of us are going to bear fruit. Every single one of us bears fruit. It just is dependent upon what fruit that is by what you're connected to. Sure, if you're connected to the vine uh, of Christ, he says you're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit. I don't think it's an exhaustive list, but I think it's a pretty good start. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good. You know these. These are marks. These are marks of what a, a Christian looks like. This is what his life uh, or his, her life will look like. Not all the time. It doesn't mean that peace means that you will always... Nothing wrong will ever happen. No, 
but no matter what happens, you are at peace knowing that you are connected to that vine. What about, though, if you're connected to the vine that so many of us are, of pride, of myself, the vine of Andrew? Um, That becomes very, very difficult because then you start seeing fruit such as anger because when that person wrongs me, I'm very angry. Because he has wronged me, the vine, or, or, or deceit, because I want to keep myself looking good. We all bear fruit. Or how about the, the, the vine of just others? Of just having everybody else dictate your life, that you, you have the, the, the fruit of self-consciousness. This idea that, that how these people view me is really dictating my, my view of myself. And so we start seeing these fruits pop up in our lives. And so I think it's important that we focus on what vine we are connected to. And and Paul makes a very good distinction. He set, puts in that word good. And we don't need to argue what is good. We In, in the context of the scripture, he's talking about that first vine, that fr- being connected to Christ and bearing the good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit that we should. And so when we come to decisions, we need to look at it as, is this Bearing fruit. Is this bearing love? Is this bringing joy, patience, kind, all those different fruits? Is this bearing those? Because ultimately we have a choice. We can either live to make Andrew look really good, or we can choose to live in a way that makes God look good. But I can assure you, we can't have both. We just can't. We cannot do both of those things simultaneously. And so we have to make a choice, and this is where that comes to fruition. Is be in our decision making. What, what, what seniors? What decisions are you going to make? You've got hundreds in front of you, but making the choice to choose to honor God with your life is an incredible decision that will impact your, the rest of your life. Second thing. Second thing that Paul, our second parameter that Paul talks about is he says also growing in the knowledge of God. This is, this is money right here. Because the more you know someone, the easier it is to understand them. And I think Paul's really, oh, he, he's so wise in, in incorporating this in here. Because I want you seniors, as well as everybody in here, I want us to be growing in our knowledge of God. Think of it this way. When I first started dating Ashlyn, um, she had to physically tell me things she liked and didn't like. You know, I, I was getting to know her, so so I learned quickly. She loves coffee. She loves friendships. She loves um, holding hands. She loves all these different things. But she had to tell me. Well, I had to ask, and she had to give me a response. We had to get to know each other in that manner. But then as we went along, you know, then, then I can pick up on body language. And, and, oh, well, that means she's not really enjoying this, or she really likes this. And then... Then we get married, and there's the look, right, guys? Like, literally, and if you don't know the look, you can, you, I'm just not going to look over, you know, like, there's the look where we don't even have to ask, we don't have to watch, we just have to see, oh, yep, she's giving me the look. She's not happy with this situation of Andrew talking about her from the front. She's so good. But it, you get where I'm going, and then, I was going to brag on the Elsons. I don't see them here today. Then, hopefully, we become like the Elsons even, where I, I, I long for that with Ashlyn, where, where 
I don't think they have a bad day where they're off. They just know instinctively about each other. They just work well together. They have been married for so many years. More importantly than even I wanting that relationship with Ashton, I want that with my Savior. I want that with God. I want that connection where I'm just in tune. We just, we just got it. And so at seniors, you're starting. Yeah, some of you have a different level of understanding than others. That's fine. But continue to grow in your knowledge of God. Continue to develop this relationship. Because, yeah, there are going to be times where you have to go to the Word and just flat out be told, no, yes, this is who I am. These kinds of things. But as you grow, as you go about this journey, you're going to get to the point where you just know the character of God. You just... You won't see in a verse, like I said, Andrew, go to Moody Bible Institute. It's not in there. I've looked. But I know the character of God, and I know I can, de- I can decipher. No, this bears fruit. It falls in within His will. It is okay. I can have peace to go. And so, our two parameters so far are, are yes. Does it align with the character of God? And is it bearing fruit? Is it bearing good fruit? One last note on, on the knowing God side of things. Some of us, yeah, it's going to take us a while to get there, and so we need to find people who are a little further and know God a little better. And maybe if we're having to make one of these decisions, say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? You know God. You know His character. That's important. Thirdly, the third parameter here is verse 11. It says, Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Here's my plug for our um, discipleship group, Rooted, that we're, we're actually, I'm part of a pilot group, we're getting started, and we're going to be kicking it off uh, full-fledged in the fall. And like I said, shameless plug, I would love for all of you to be a part of that. But one of the illustrations that it used actually last week really works here, really well, and I love when that happens. Um, but... It talks about an elephant and a mouse walking side by side along kind of, you know, an Indiana Jones bridge. You know, it's got the wood planks and the rope and everything, and it's not super stable. And and so they're walking across, and, you know, it's shaking and rocking um, severely. And finally they get to the other side, and the mouse looks up at the elephant. Man, we sure made that thing quake. We really made that move a lot. No. No, we didn't. (laughs) We did, uh, did not. The elephant, obviously, I don't know how heavy an elephant is, maybe like four tons, whatever. This ginormous elephant was the one doing it, not this two-ounce mouse. And I feel like that's, honestly, whether you realize it or not, that's what goes on in our life every day. That's us to a T. We have to rely on the strength and the power of the Lord to do anything. To do anything. We, we are a two-ounce mouse compared to this to our Lord. And it's important that we understand that. Because when we understand that, then when we come to those decisions that maybe are a little bit scary, that really do stir up fear, and we've all got those. I, I'm not, that doesn't just apply to our seniors. When those scary decisions come, those hard decisions that we're not sure what to do, I think it's important that we understand the third parameter where it's, are you, are you relying on God's strength? Because it's very easy for us to stay in our little comfort zone, and myself included, and just say, no, 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 that, that's going to be hard. No, that can't be of God. No, as actually what I see in Scripture is a much more different picture where God actually says, no, no, I, I want hard things in your life. Not, 
not to harm you and destroy you, but so that you rely on me even further. And so I feel like when we come to these decisions in life, we need to look, how, how can God strengthen me here? What's going to draw me closer to him? How can I rely on him further um, in this way? Because it's only going to get harder for us to be bold, to be ambassadors. And we're going to rely on this strength because ultimately that's going to bring about, as Paul says, patience and endurance. Patience when the Lord is silent. Endurance when the times are hard. But when you can trust the Lord to strengthen you and not just on you dealing with the situation, but you and the Lord dealing with the situation, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot better. All right. Then our last parameter. This one's, I never would have put this in here. I'm glad Paul's talking, not me. Like, I never would have put this in here. It says in verse 12, in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Be grateful. Be grateful as you're making these decisions because I think it accomplishes two things. It accomplishes two very key things. One, prevents discontentment from setting in. And that's something that is so easy in our day and age. Discontentment destroys what we've already talked about very simply. Discontentment can set in, and and when you're making decisions, it becomes very much about you, and you fail to see who sustains you. You fail to see God as who he is. You fail to see God as powerful as he is. All those things fall by the wayside. You fail to rely on your knowledge of who God is. And so I think Paul is really brilliant to have this in here where he says, give thanks to the Lord because in this decision-making process, you need to look. Is this decision wise? Is is this just me being uh, uh, discontent with my situation, with what I have, with all these different things? Or, Or is this truly God nudging me in this direction? I think it also accomplishes too, just a focus on, on a much better perspective than your own. It focuses much more on a godly perspective, on an eternal perspective, where we focus on the fact that God has given us everything. We see that he is the sustainer. When we actually notice what he, take time and notice and thank God for what he is doing, I think we do change our perspective significantly. We have a lot, a lot to be grateful for. And so I, I I think that when we take time in the decision-making process, yes, to pray about the, um, the situation, yes, to, to ask for godly wisdom, yes, to do all these other things, but yet also to be great, just take time to be grateful to the Lord for what he's doing, I think it brings, again, more and more peace to our lives. Then I love this next part. Paul realizes, do we do this all the time? Absolutely not. I, I don't keep my four parameters very well um, all the time. I, I get weighed down by, by fears, by insecurities, by, by my own selfish pride, whatever. I get weighed down by these things. And I fail to look and, and focus on being in God's will. I, I fail to focus on making decisions in this manner. And so Paul knows we're going to fail, but then I love what he says. He knows this. He experiences this. And so he says... Um, at the end of verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He has qualified us. It's not up to you making these decisions. It's not up to you making all the right decisions. He is the one who has qualified you. 
I hope that that takes a weight off of our shoulders when we realize, yes, we do our best. Yes, we try to, to live in this circle, this, this will of God, and we focus very much on these different qualifications. But at the end of the day, we can have the peace in the fact that God has grace for us. And so Paul starts to work backwards theologically here. You know, he says, you know, this is, God, Jesus has qualified us. Well, the next natural question is, why? How? All these. And, and Paul's like, oh, glad you asked. He goes, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us to the kingdom of the son he loves. Well, how? Glad you asked. In whom we have redemption. Well, how, Paul? Through the forgiveness of sins. It all boils down to that. It all boils down to that. Even in decision making, we see God's saving work um, being brought to light. Always happens. That ultimately we can rest on the fact that our God has saved us and is gracious. And so we can do our best, make the best decision that we can with the knowledge that we have. Be at peace with that and trust in His grace. So seniors, senior citizens, Everybody in between, rest. (laughs) Stop making these decisions on your own. Stop relying on that. Stop allowing it to just drive you crazy. It affects every aspect of your life. I feel it too. But when we can stop and actually own this, I promise you life begins to get a whole lot more peaceful. I would love... I want to be praying for our seniors because the great thing is Paul talks at the beginning of this whole passage about how he's praying for the Colossians as they do this. He knows it's not easy. And so to close, I I ask that one, one more time. Seniors, if you would come up, but also I would love if there's any family members of seniors that they would come up and then any board members and then Pastor Niall, if you would come up, I would love just to lay hands on our seniors and be in prayer for them.